Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you for being with me. Uh, we continue looking through Second Peter 3, as I said, I think, last time together. Sort of taking our time here to really reflect upon these things, to see what's being said, because there is so much profound truth here. And by the time we get to the end of the chapter, I think you're going to be really amazed at, at what all the Lord tells us. Now, remember what Peter said. Hey, this is the second letter I've written to you. We have First and Second Peter, so I'm assuming that's the two letters. And what he wanted to do was remind them. They had a very sincere mind. He wasn't questioning their heart. He said, I'm reminding you. He said, so I'm reminding you to remember the words that the prophets spoke and the commandments <laughs> excuse me, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the main thing that he was speaking of, he says, know this first of all. Okay, first of all, that in the last days, in that last days, we saw a couple of episodes, that, that that concept is all through Scripture. John speaks of it. Paul speaks of it. Peter speaks of it. In the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, and they'll be following after their own lust. The example he gives here, he said they're going to be saying this, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. So they're mocking what the, the Lord says. They're mocking what the truth is. Okay? It's not just they're mocking the Bible. They're mocking the account of that which has physically actually occurred. They're refusing to believe that, and they want to believe their own thing. And they said everything has continued just like I always has been since creation. And they don't even believe in the creation. And we told, told you that's uh, the science term uniformitarianism. But then Peter comes back and he says, you know what, verse 5, when they maintain this, and I love this little phrase, uh, it's a lot better in the ESV and the King James, when they deliberately overlook this fact, it's what the ESV says, King James says, when they are willingly ignorant of this, willingly ignorant, they don't even want to examine it, they don't want to consider it, they don't want to think about the fact that things may have been created in a way different than what they think. It escapes their notice by the word of God that the heavens existed long ago. In other words, by God's word. I didn't make a big enough deal about that, I don't think, last time. Out of nothing, ex nihilo, the Lord spoke all that is into existence. And that's an amazing thing when you think about it. And it's actually the Lord Jesus Christ who did the speaking on that. And you say, well, how do you know that? Well, go read John. And go read the first chapter of John and you find out how it all went down. And so he says here that it escapes their notice about this. They are willingly ignorant of the fact that it is by the word of God that the heavens existed. And then he tells us how the earth was formed out of water and by water. And Genesis tells us a lot about that. But then that through time, the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with the water. So he's making the point that everything hasn't continued just like it always has. But watch this, verse 7. But by his word... Yeah, this is by the word of the Lord. And you say, oh, well, that must mean this. And you know what? No, it means by the word. That there's power in the word of the Lord. That the Lord can speak it forth and it will exist. It will occur. Whatever he speaks will happen. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire. Kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Well, that's interesting because he's talking about how the world was created by water, in water, and pulled out of water and surrounded by water. 
Okay, that the world was judged by a flood, but now he's saying that a judgment is coming again. And by the word of God, at his behest, at his command, the present heavens and earth are being reserved. Huh. Reserved. What does reserved mean? To watch over, to keep an eye on, to guard, to keep. I'm reading that from the actual Greek word. Listen to what it says here in King James. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word are kept in store. By the same word. That's, that's an even better understanding. By the same word that was spoken in verse 6. Are being kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. That's the reason I study with the King James, New American Standard, ESV, sort of side by side. Because you see these nuances uh, that often are sort of, uh, and part of the way they do it, New American Standard is a literal translation of word by word by word. Uh, the NIV is uh, a translation of thought for thought. And so there'll be emphasis on certain kind of things. ESV is more of a word for word kind of thing too. We find out that by the word of God, that the present heavens, what we see right now, the earth, what we see right now, are being reserved, not for water this time, folks, but for fire. They're being reserved for fire. What well, Fire for what? Kept for the day of judgment. And we're going to see later on in this chapter that that day of judgment actually has a name. He uses the name. It's the day of the Lord. <laughs> and a lot of us go, oh, I know about that because the Old and New Testament both are filled with that phrase. Being kept for the judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But let me share one more verse right here. Okay, we'll be done. Verse 8, 2 Peter 3. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved. Oh, and a lot of you are going, oh, I know this. I know what this verse is about. Do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. Now, there's several things that are being taught right here. Uh, the idea being that the Lord is not locked in the time in the way that we are. The Lord created everything. He's created all of creation, everything. And he created time. He comes and goes within time any way he wants to. And so people will sit there and say, well, everything has been the same way since creation. He said, no, no let this distract you. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. Again, I love how the authorized version kicks his first off. It says, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. Don't be ignorant of this. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Don't get sidetracked by these things where people will say, oh, well, you know, God can't let it go much longer. Uh, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, he'll pick up more on that idea and give us more insight into it later on. For today, I just want us to be reminded of this, okay, that the world was judged before by water. And boy, that's sort of a different kind of thing, okay? So that totally negates the argument of everything's been like it has been. And the world is going to be judged again. As a matter of fact, it is reserved. It is kept for the day of judgment. The Lord, by his word, is doing something to keep it this way because he is used to going to bring forth his day of the Lord, fiery judgment upon ungodly men. It's going to be their judgment and it's going to be their destruction. I tell you what, do well to do what it says in 2 Corinthians, to examine yourself, to see if you be of the faith. 
You know, a lot of times we assume that everybody's listening to these times together are believers. And probably the vast majority are, but I never want to assume that. You know, you may be somebody who is very religious, been in church your whole life, a good person, okay? But you never have truly repented and confessed and called upon the name of the Lord. You've never really been transformed. As a matter of fact, you're quite frustrated because you never could live the life in the way that you thought you should and what you're hearing at church and what you see in the Word and all this. Well, it's simply because you're trying to do it in the flesh. If you'll repent and confess and call upon Him, He will transform you, change you into a new creature, uh, conform you into His likeness in every way, fill you with the Holy Spirit and live and dwell with you forever. Is that not wild? That is a great thing. So make sure, see to it, that you are a believer. Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you again next time.